The scripture reading tonight is from John 9, verses 1 through 41. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not this man's sin or his parents, but that the works of God might be made manifest in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night comes when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As he said this, he spat on the ground and made a clay from the spittle and anointed the man's eyes with the clay, saying to him, Go wash in the pool of Shalom, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seen. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar said, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He said, I am the man. They said to him, Then how were your eyes opened? He he answered, The man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Shalom and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. The Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put clay in my eyes and I washed and I could see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? There was a division among them. So again, they said to the blind man, what did you say about him since he had opened your eyes? The man said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son, who you said was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We we know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess him to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give God the praise, we know this is a man. They said, give God the praise, we know this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you too want to become his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, you are, you are his disciples, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Why, this is a marvel. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone who is a worshiper, is, or, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a blind man before. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, said, do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and it is he who speaks to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Jesus said, for judgment I come into this world that those who do not see may see, 
and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this, and they said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. The word of the Lord. This is a story about real freedom. This is the story, a story of the gospel in its truest form. This is the story that I always want to hear. Like, if it wasn't in the Bible, I would, like, want to make it up. I would make this story up. This is the story of how a man got free and how no one wanted him to be free. How they tried to tie him up again and again, but it didn't work because he truly was free. But this story, in some weird way, doesn't always make me feel good or free. And I'm not always sure I know why. So it takes place after Jesus had this decisive break with the Pharisees. They had had this horrible argument in the temple. And they had uh, called each other names and horrible names, the worst names they could think of. In the language of the Gospel of John, it was the clearest separation of the light from the dark. The Pharisees and the law and the systems of the law that they represented was clearly shown to be the darkness in the world by Jesus. And the possibility for being fully alive that Jesus offered is shown here most clearly to be the light. Now the argument ended with the Pharisees picking up rocks and throwing them at Jesus and Jesus running out of the temple to get away from them. Some of Jesus' followers, they run out of the temple and through the streets And when they're sure no one is following them, they slow down to a walk. And there, their breathing returns to normal. And one of them trying to return everything to some kind of semblance of normality, asks a theological question, just to show that, you know, he's with Jesus and not at all on the other side of the darkness and the Pharisees, but that he knows Jesus, knows the truth about all these things. So he sees this blind man begging, and he nudges Jesus and asks him, Hey, Jesus, tell me how come this man was born blind? Is it because of the sin of his parents or his own sin? Now, to me, this seems like a dumb question, because we no longer believe that people are born with handicaps or conditions of any kind as a result of sin. I mean, we know there are medical exclamations. But at the time, this was a common belief. Jesus, too, thinks that this is not a very good question, though, because Jesus has this uncommon view of sin for the time, a real strange one, actually. And he says that it's neither his parents' sin nor his sin. This man is born blind so that God's work might be revealed. Now, this is a reference to Jesus' upcoming healing of the blind man, but Jesus' language is a little weird here. This man was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. Now, people have taken offense to this when they read it, because they read it as like, well, God made this man blind his whole life so that like 20 years later, Jesus could show up, and this suffering blind beggar here, Jesus would just walk by and heal him and show everybody how powerful God is, or show that Jesus really is the Son of God or has God's power. It's offensive, really, to think that God would make anyone suffer a life um, 
for no more than an object lesson. So I'll just say, you know, it's not true. (laughs) It's not true. No, this isn't what Jesus is saying at all. I mean, whatever he is saying, he's not saying that because that kind of contradicts who God is. And the language is just awkward, and it it means that, that God's works will be seen when the man is healed. Because seeing it the other way would be saying that actually the man was born blind because of God's sin, which I'm going to say that's not true either. What is Jesus getting at then in this awkwardly worded response here? Well, it's this, that Jesus will not allow even a theological question at this man's expense. Not only was it not his sin or his parents' sin that caused him to be born blind, he won't even allow this man to be the subject matter for theological debate. The follower who asked the question sees this blind beggar and sees a topic of conversation because things have been a little bit awkward and he wanted to align himself with Jesus and to make sure Jesus knows he's with him, so he uses the blind beggar as a prop, a talking point. He points the man out to Jesus, and Jesus sees someone that's not just the object of conversation or a conversation starter. Jesus sees someone in darkness, someone who cannot see. At this point, I guess I'll tell you, I have to read this whole story a little bit metaphorically, which I think maybe is the way it's intended to read, because it's like the structure of it so perfectly, and I'm so sorry that you had to sit through 40 verses of it, but I think the whole story is, is important to hear the whole thing, um, because it's, it's structured beautifully, and it tells, tells a beautiful story. So Jesus sees a man in darkness, and without being asked by the man, or with no consideration to sin or punishment, Jesus brings him into the light, because that is what Jesus in John says he was there to do. He puts mud on the man's eyes and tells him to go wash it off, and he does, and the man sees the light. He sees everything. He's free. He's completely free. He's free from the darkness of the world, free from the system which required him to be a beggar all his life. And he knows that he is free, and he knows that Jesus is the one who freed him. Now, what occurs next is a series of very significant relationships of power, power in his life, powers that try to bring him back into the darkness. Because his, free, his, his freedom and the means by which he was freed is the sin. And just the fact that he, he got freed is a, is a sin against this system. It's a sin against the machinery of the darkness. And everybody wants him to repent and deny his freedom and be brought back into the dark system. But for whatever miraculous reason, this man who was born blind, who now can see, who is now free, really feels free and remains free. The neighbors at first are offended. How can our, this beggar here, our beggar, be jumping around happily telling everyone that he can see the light? Some say that this can't even be him, it's just somebody who looks like him, because they believe that kind of freedom is not possible. Some say something really bad must be going on here. Something wrong is going on here. Some sin has been committed against the system. If this man 
who was our beggar on our street for all these years can see now. So the neighbors grab him before things can get out of hand, and they bring him to the system administrators. And the system administrators immediately see the problem here. They have so many ways to categorize sin against the system that it takes them no time to make a charge. Jesus did work when he spat in the mud and rubbed it on his eyes and brought his man to the light. That work was a violation of the Sabbath law. They briefly consider whether or not a blind man's sight being restored, um, an unprecedented miracle might take priority over obeying the many and various Sabbath laws, but they decide no, it does not. Jesus is a sinner. He committed a sin against the system. He violated one of their laws. So they give the newly freed man a chance to repent and to come back into the darkness of the system by agreeing with the system administrators that he is a sinner. They ask him, what are you going to say about him? But he doesn't bite. He says, that man, he is a prophet. Wrong answer. He stayed in the light, this freed man. Didn't give in to the darkness. So the next logical assumption they jump to is, well, you're a liar. This man, they say, was never blind at all because they don't believe it's possible to get that free to resist the system that much, to stand so outside of it that no threat can bring you back in. So they bring in his parents, and they say, tell us that this is not your son. Tell us that he wasn't born blind, or tell us anything, but he is free. The parents state the facts, but go no further. They say, this actually is our son, and he was born blind, Apparently, now he can see. Uh, We don't know how or why, but we want nothing to do with this freedom business. We want to make that clear. You can't hold us responsible. He's of age. The administrators are happy, at least with the parents. The parents show no sign of freedom. There is not a glint of light in their eyes. They will not add to the problem. They recognize the offense to the system and make it clear that they will not go outside the darkness. So they try the sun one more time, and they demand, if you insist on not being blind anymore, at least say that it was our God who gave you sight. Give our God the glory. This other man, you said, did it. He's a sinner. He is a sinner. The man who insisted, continued to insist on not being blind anymore, who is so truly free that he cannot be intimidated by the powers of the system because he is free from it. This man who cannot be bullied, he's practically giddy, he's practically giddy in his answer. He says, well, I don't know if he was a sinner, but I know one thing about him. I was blind, now I can see. Trying to push the point to make clear Jesus' sin, they ask him again, What did this man do? What work did he do to open your eyes? You know, on the Sabbath, the freedman from outside the system sees completely how comical their desperation and devotion to the system is. I already told you. Why do you want to know? Do you want to be his disciples too? They are outraged and not at all amused. We are the disciples of the system. We follow the laws of darkness It is you who are his disciple. 
Our God spoke to Moses. This man, we don't even know where he's from. Well, obviously, he's not from around here. Isn't it funny that someone can make a man free and you don't even know anything about him? The last resort, they tell him, you are not free, you are full of sin. Get out of here. And they throw him out. So Jesus hears about all this. And that he was thrown out for being free. And so he goes and finds him and says, do you believe in the Son of Man? And this really means nothing to the freed beggar. But he doesn't care. He knows that he's free. And he knows it's Jesus who has freed him. And so he says, tell me who this is. Tell me what you want me to believe. I'll believe it. Jesus says, I am he. And the man bows down and says, yes, well, then I do. Jesus came into this world for judgment so that those who do not see may see and so that those who are not free can get free and so those who see may become blind so those who say they are free can see the shackles of the system they're in. The system administrators overhear this and say, are you calling us blind and shackled? Jesus replied, if you were blind, you would not have sin. But since you say that you can see, your sin remains. The light comes and shines in the system, illuminating its lies, illuminating the shackles that bind us to it. For us to say that we are not shackled, that we are not part of any lie, not part of any system that we see perfectly well, exposes our sin. Because of Jesus' uncommon way of viewing sin is this. It is the refusal to admit our blindness. Or as James Allison puts it, sin is now to be understood starting from the refusal to live outside the parameters of the murderous lies of the system. The freed man got free and he stayed free despite every attempt to bring him back into the darkness. He remained outside the parameters of the murderous lie, remained outside the system of the world. This really is such a hopeful story because it's a story of one who was in darkness and Jesus brought him into the light and he remained in the light for he was free, forever free. But like, something about it seems dark to me. Something about the story seems heavy to me. And I don't know if it's it's because that system is uh, at work or that I can feel myself inside of the system or that even in this system in the story, they try so hard to keep the man from being free, to bring him back into the darkness. I guess, I mean, sometimes this story actually even makes me feel scared. Because I realize, like, most of the time, I'm up to my neck in shackles. I wear the darkness around me like a security blanket. Sometimes I love the darkness. I know nothing else but the darkness, it seems. But I get free sometimes. But most of the time, I participate in the lie. I help to administer the system. I mean, I believe this story. I hope for this story. And I'll continue to follow this story. But most of the time, I don't see it. But the truth is, I am free. The system is a lie. You are all free. The system is a lie. 
We can live in freedom outside of the parameters of any system that drags us towards the darkness. I know it's hard. It's hard to remember that. But I'll let you in on something. I know something that can help. Come up here and take this blood and this wine into your body and you'll see. <laughs>